Hallo en welkom bij G.I. Joburg Internationale Helden. Mijn naam is Steven en... Wacht, wacht een pikkie. En jij is op Zuid-Afrika's nummer 1 G.I. Joe podcast. Klink! <laughs> 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 The language settings incorrect. Hello and welcome to episode 207 of G.I. Joburg, The International Heroes. My name is Steve. I'm joined by my boys, Paul. Hey guys. <laughs> and Robert. Hey there guys. Hello, hello. <laughs> and an extremely special guest joining us. You might know him as Tony. You might know him from Analog Toys. But tonight, he's coming to us as the latest recruit on the Action Force team. It's Desert Rat. Hello. Hi guys, how are you doing? Excited. Can you tell? <laughs> so, so am I. I'm... I'm... I've been pumped for this all day. <laughs> all day? I think I've been pumped for this all week, Tony. I mean, you, you dropped the <laughs> dropped the bomb on me. I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and you said like, "Would you like to have me on the show?" I was like, "Absolutely." Uh, awesome. We record on Sunday. Can you do that? And you're like, "Yep." Be glad to. I'll make it so happen. here we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how the hell are you, man? Are you pumped? I mean, you're an action I'm figure. I'm doing really good. I'm. I keep pinching myself to to remind myself that I'm I'm not in a dream. But if I am in a dream, like fuck, it's been going on a while. It's been a over a week now. So, um, but yeah, like if, 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 nearly every day or every other day, I'm sort of chatting to Bobby, and there's a new conversation that just like I don't I don't expect that, you know. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm I'm I am going to be in the comic. Um, oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah, and it, you know it's gonna it's gonna be based on me, but it's gonna be a fictional version of the real me. So he's gonna be gonna my this question for later. And... But but are you? I mean, was there a conversation with legal? I mean, like, is it gonna use? Are they gonna use your file name, Tony Roberts? What? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, Bobby. Bobby emailed me. I think on Sunday, like the the day after the reveal, whenever that was, and said, um, "Are we?" It, it was a day or two afterwards, and I'm still trying to soak in the fact that I'm going to be an action figure <laughs> and He's come like, down oh, from man. a very successful online convention. So congratulations <laughs> for that as well. <laughs> All this happened in the wake of Iconicon, of course. Yeah. Yes. And he. Uh, yeah, but Bobby messaged me. He's like, "Hey, man, we we need to sit down and talk about royalties." And I was like, mm -hmm. "What? We do?" <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we we've had that conversation. Um, that that was very surreal to me. Um, but yes, it it hundred um, percent. The 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 character's real name is Tony Roberts. Um, wow. And yeah, I'm I'm now. I think technically that means that Bobby Valor is kind of my boss. So. And your, your maker. creator. <laughs> um, to anyone listening to this on a podcatcher, uh, do yourself a favor, check out the YouTube version because not only is uh, Tony a our first sort of real action figure in attendance as a guest, but he's in cosplay as we speak as Desert Rat. Wonderful, wonderful. But I'm going to flip the focus cosplay, back first. To be fair, <laughs> well. It is now. It what it went from, I suppose, practical, actual military um, apparel to now being a cosplay of a fictional, well, what pseudo fictional character? I don't know, fantasy reality. You're something else, Tony. You're a hybrid. It's uh, it's it. 
it's a real character with a lot of dramatic license, let's say that. <laughs> uh, maybe, but we'll get into it in a bit. Um, I mean, th th you have some real stories to tell that are pretty gnarly stuff. Like, I've, I've been able to peep some classified intel on you, Tony, and yeah. wow, dude. <laughs> I mean, you dress it up as like a, a, a toy guy and a very approachable YouTuber, but like the flip side of the coin is like you've seen you've seen it all, man. I don't know about all of it, but I've 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 seen a fair bit in my life, and uh, I, I I am a very approachable guy. I always have, of course. Been. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've 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 lived I've lived quite the life, um, and I've been around. I've travelled all over the world with the special forces. Um, and I'm more than happy to sit down with you guys and tell some of the tell some of the true stories behind the legend that is Desert Rat. <laughs> Can't wait! But uh, as I might have alluded to just a, a second ago, we're going to flick the mic back to South Africa because unfortunately, SA has been uh, making the news recently, and not for the right reasons. Um, this week, particularly, we've gotten a lot of messages of concern from friends, from fans out there. Paul, Rob, how the hell are you guys, man? Start with Rob, because I haven't heard his sexy voice yet. Uh, I've been speaking. Jeez, I was laughing. You could hear my my, my, my giggles in the background. Um, <laughs> well, I think compared to a lot of other places in the country, um, the Western Cape, where I stay, has kind of... Basically, nothing's happened as far as I know. There was one day this week where there was kind of like a heightened alert level of um, the possibility of looting and kind of riots. But thankfully, nothing came of that. Um... Obviously, there's this hectic stuff happening in other provinces in, in Gauteng, where Paul is, um, mm -hmm. in KwaZulu-Natal, especially. Um, absolutely crazy shit happening. But also, in the wake of that, a lot of people coming together and just helping each other to kind of rebuild what's what's been destroyed and actually protecting what is theirs and making sure that for themselves and for their communities as well, that there will be something after this. Um, so it's incredible to see people coming together after all of this has happened and kind of going like, we reject this. And uh, we want to be moved forward and, you know, just build a better, better place for each other and just reject the, the violence and the craziness that has been going on recently. So yeah, thankfully, exactly. I've been okay. Um, but Paul, how, how's it yeah, been for you? So, okay, so, um, yeah, because I'm in Joburg and, and there have been things happening. Uh, and because where I stay is not that far away from one of the sort of that's uh, I suppose the term that they like that they use in the news is an informal settlement uh, that is densely populated with a lot of people that are struggling um, and so there was a lot of high alerts I mean uh, we parts of whatsapp groups for our neighborhood watch and everybody was like freaking out because yeah anytime there's any sign of smoke or fire or movement or whatever alerts were sent out so my whole week was alerts of oh, there's uh, apparently looting happening at this place. And then our security companies would go and check it out and be like, nope, there isn't looting happening here. Everybody can calm down. Be careful with fake news. So that's been an interesting situation. Aside from the actual violence and, and madness that has been happening, what has been really crazy um, and what has just added to it is the amount of false information or misinformation that has been spread. Um, uh, and on purpose. I mean, at first it was considered like negligent behavior, and now we actually have found out that it was actually uh, orchestrated. Um, you know, and and our president has called it a failed insurrection. 
So, yes, um, look, to, to just yeah. um, clear up any darkness that might um, cl be clouding this and any confusion, uh, these were very planned and very deliberate, uh, deliberately instigated reactions to our former president, who is the biggest criminal to walk the earth, uh, finally being incarcerated. Uh, yeah. he's, he's been sentenced to 15 years <laughs> and, of course, a political powder keg has, has blown up. I mean, his, essentially, him becoming president was a way to stall all the pending litigation against him. And now, finally, mm -hmm. there are judgments that have been served um, and, and handed down, and he's going to do prison time. And, of course, yeah, political flashpoints around the country exploded. But anyways, okay. anyway, shall we, so, shall we start talking yeah, about so, politics? Yeah, so listen, if, 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 we're if, okay, if I can say one is, thing, is all yeah, we're say. okay. We're okay, and thankfully, people. A lot of people I know are okay. Um, some of the businesses, you know, like Celia works for a, a huge company in South Africa that uh, is, is a clothing brand. A few of their stores got hit, and you know, unfortunately, um, so that's where it has hit me on a more personal level, so to speak, because it has affected sort of you know the job of my my girlfriend. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, we are okay, <laughs> and also. On this note, uh, I just want to just also throw in thank you to everybody who sent us messages um, and checked in and messages of support and messages of concern and and also all the good wishes and everything that you sent us. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. It was really cool of you guys to like send messages and to like at two o'clock in the morning or like five o'clock in the afternoon, get a message. Hey, Paul, just want to just check if you and Rob are okay there in South Africa and that kind of thing. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Hey, like. Awesome, <laughs> feeling the love. Anyway, on the on the note of love, <laughs> um, has anybody got anything cool or new or seen anything on the internet that they are excited about? Oh, Sorry, we'll guys. get to the reveals, but uh, but <laughs> just to kick off our new shit section, Tony, have you got any new toys kicking around this last past week, or anything that you'd like to talk about? New arrivals? Um, I I haven't I haven't. Um, <laughs> I haven't had anything in the mail just recently. Um, I did. Uh, I did go and order a reproduction Star Wars action figure from Stan Solo, a, a company that I, I I buy a lot from. I do a lot of reviews. Um, he's come out with the um, the last seventeen General Lando figure reproduction, very reasonably priced, really quality um, uh, quality production. So. It hasn't arrived yet. It's it's in the mail, but that was my purchase this week. But I've actually had like no mail, so mm -hmm. uh, it was an unusual week for me to have no mail. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Anyone else with anything that uh, arrived this past week? Uh, nothing for me, but I, I think Paul might have something. He sounds very, oh, very excited. More He-Man. More He-Man. It is more He-Man <laughs> stuff. I'm so sorry, guys. Like they're so cheap, and actually, to be fair, these are as fr uh, fresh as of yesterday. I only went to the shop yesterday because it was safe to do so. <laughs> um, so there's Faker and Fisto, but yeah, I I went to Eastgate of all places. I think it's the second time I've been to Eastgate in my entire life, and I went to their Toys R Us, and I found Fisto and um, Faker from the current wave. So I have successfully managed to get all of this wave. I am becoming a He-Man fan. I don't know how it happened, but I suppose it doesn't <laughs> hurt when the toys are like 200 Rand. It's so easy yeah. to go, oh, I can just spend 200 bucks on a on a Fisto. It's fine. I don't need to have a pizza today. You know, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. So anyway, I got them. They're great. I'm having a lot of fun with them. 
And uh, yeah, I'm really into the Seaman thing. It doesn't. It also doesn't hurt that fellow Bergforce members are also fans of this toy line and are helping me find some cool stuff on, uh, overseas. So that's great. But yeah, that's all that's new for me. <laughs> oh, and I'm getting. I'm moving into my house in like two weeks. Into into my flat, my new apartment, whatever. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. So the the, the next awesome. episode of this, uh, I think <laughs> I might actually be in the flat. But anyway, we'll see. So. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, well, that's enough about me and my toys. <laughs> I've had a pretty big week for arrivals, boys. And a picture. Well, a picture just uh, tells a thousand words. So, Love it. bam. All right. Okay. So, I got General Hawk's gun. <laughs> wow. Yes. I've dude. never had before. Yes. And it's a nice piece. It is. Yes. Nice, dude. Nice. <laughs> Why are you stalling, Paul? Can you see things? Um, no, no, no. No, I'm just like, carry on. <laughs> okay. Being weird. Um, what? I don't know. Uh, nothing else to say about that, really. Um, oh, except uh, there's a rather gaudy um, pair of pants on General Hawk. Like, ever since we spoke to Mike French of Retro Blasting about this particular figure, he's alerted me to the fact that, like, the camera's a little too loud. And now I look at it with contempt. Oh, dear. Michael French is good at doing that to people, isn't he? (laughs) He twists your opinions, man. He's absolutely right. When I compare those trousers to, like, Flint's, it is a little bit too stark a contrast. Anyway. Moving on, another part that I got in the mail was General, uh, sorry, Major Storm's pistol. I got this Major Storm this time last year from a local seller here in Oz. Probably overpaid for it since it was incomplete. But finally, thanks to Robert Zubekis, I have the part. Very pleased to have that. Uh, Yeah, just, you know, it's a big, gaudy gold pistol. But, you know, without it, you've got an incomplete figure. And there is such satisfaction in completing even a third tier figure like major storm but cool shot doesn't end there who's this cool guy i got rock and roll version 1.5 and you know what i've always been a version 2 guy but there's some magic in having that og 13 rock and roll Mm mm-hmm and his need. tasty, tasty gun. He's pictured with a uh, gray helmet, which is Crankcase's helmet. The, the figure didn't come with his original helmet, but that's okay. This kind of gray helmet, it actually kind of looks like he's a member of the Wehrmacht, to be honest. Yeah. And with yeah. that, with <laughs> that it's machine gun. So. Exactly right, yeah. Or, well, could it, could it also not be an, an MG3? Yes, it could be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's modified anyways. It's got this kind of shroud that uh, neither the MG42 or the MG3 had, but it's a beautiful gun. Like, I oftentimes snub the the OG-13 sculpted weapons as being a little bit simplified, but this is so detailed. My word. It has a reproduction Marauder Inc. bipod, and it's also an accessory pack uh, weapon, but I like it in that gunmetal gray instead of the, the original black. It's very, very nice. But rock and roll is ever, is forever going to be linked to the Ram. Um, but there's another vehicle that I think is is just as um, fitting for the Premier or the original 13 uh, machine gunner, and that's the Manta. 
<laughs> surf yeah, up, a surfer. dude. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. He actually did get a comic appearance uh, operating the Manta. I think it was issue 18. Him and Torpedo arrive on, on the beach at Coney Island riding a Manta. How, how, much, don't do you, how much do you like the gunmetal grey, Steve? Uh, a lot, to be honest. Um, so, so if if I had an original rock and roll machine gun and I don't have a rock and roll and I was to send it to you, you wouldn't want it? <laughs> Sounds like you wouldn't. I think you should, you should hang on to it. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> leading, leading the witness. Uh, Tony, <laughs> you, you have been generous enough in recent memory and I'm, I'm going to cut to the chase. Okay, I wanted to focus on the fact that uh, Rock and Roll's machine gun has got a reproduction bipod because that bipod is a donation from another figure which no longer needs it and it's this figure here it's dusty and for the longest time i thought his bipod would forever be out of my reach um i i was quite happy with substitute parts but there's something very special about getting that 1985 original part and mm. the man i have to thank for sending it along my way is he's in the chat right now it's mr tony roberts <laughs> Hey. Well, technically, you need to thank uh, Matt Swafford of Reclaimers Vintage Toys because what? Um, this well, because by Jody from Jody that. sent me one. Because um, I'd I'd mentioned this in a video, so I, I, I've got to a point where I just can't mention things that are missing in my collection anymore because <laughs> everyone sends me one. So Jody well, sent I fear me I've one. reached the same uh, point as well with you then. I mean, I can't mention a damn rock and roll machine gun with you saying, uh, well, yeah, it's yeah. Like original if you want it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but doesn't but it no, look I, fabulous, I, I, man? I know this is the one that came from Matt Swafford because I think the one from Jody arrived first, so that's the one that went on to my figure. The one from Matt Swafford, he had put it in a small Ziploc bag and taped it to a piece of cardboard. And Which I has left his it return address. Cardboard. Folded up the cardboard, put it in a box, and sent it to Steve on Monday. And I was I actually can confirm. I can confirm if it's Matt or yeah. not. I just need to fish the box out of the recycling because it has a return <laughs> address on it. <laughs> I must definitely reach out to Matt for that. Then I was going to say, Steve, quickly, quickly, before you change like that image. That's a very cool shot there, man. Love that when it zoomed in like that. That's very cool. Well, podcast yeah. listeners, I'll be sure to put these photographs up on our Instagram account or Facebook. So track us down there if you want to see my cool action figure photography. <laughs> Your toynography. But yeah, man, it really just makes the set. And while I was already a huge fan of Dusty, like it just enhances the love for that classic figure. Uh, Tony, as, as a serviceman who spent his fair time in the sandboxes of the world, um, how do you rate the FAMAS as a, as a gun? Did you ever have any encounters with this French weapon? Um, no, I, I haven't. Um, the interesting thing with, with, with this, though, is that um, it's what they call a ballpup rifle. A ballpup mm -hmm. is where the magazine housing is situated behind the pistol grip, not in front of the pistol grip. Um, so obviously in, in, in the British Army, we have the SA-80, um, which mm -hmm. is the standard weapon for uh, frontline soldiers. Um, that's known to not be a great weapon. Um, but also my time in the Australian army, I, I fired the Steyr, which is also a bullpup weapon. Mm. And I'm not a fan of the bullpup design personally. Right. I'm not saying that this is not a good weapon. Um, but yeah, the I, 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 I rifle with the magazine okay. in front of the pistol grip. 
is that for reloading purposes? Yes, reloading purposes. It gives the rifle a lot a better balance. Because okay. um, the advantage yeah, of the bullpup main, design is, is to shorten the, 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 the length that the barrel needs to protrude. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got the action behind you, you know, basically in the crook of your arm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, the style is um, the Baroness's weapon these days. It seemed to be. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Artists to... love drawing her with, with the, the Austrian gun. In fact, uh, when Warren had to do a cover of the Baroness and he asked me what gun he should use, I was like, look at the style. <laughs> All right, we've dwelt on Dusty and his weapon enough. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's it's a beautiful piece. And thank you, Tony. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was very cheeky. You mentioned it in the live stream and I immediately shot back to you and said in a private chat, like, do you still have extra Dusty bipods? I mean, honestly, this is a piece that I gave up on ever getting because, you know, it's its price alone is prohibitive when there are substitutes that kind of blink and you miss it. You know, it, it, yeah. it looks analogous enough to the real thing. But um, as I said before, having the real thing just swells your appreciation of what is already like a top, top, top tier figure. Yes. But I, um, I always felt a little guilty about having that uh, bipod because uh, Andrew sent me one. Uh, when, mm. when he uh, sent me a Dusty. So I always felt a little guilty about that, like, but it's, uh, you know, because I know how much you love that that gun. But now I'm glad that we, we both, we bipod buddies. <laughs> oh, God, okay. <laughs> Tony, just a bit of speculation I'd like to get before we close the chapter on the FAMAS as a weapon. Do you think it was just, like, futuristic for 1985 and that's why Ron Rudat and the boys included it as as a weapon in the line? Or do you think that, there's something else to Dusty. Um, that that couldn't be it. I mean, like the uh, obviously it's it's the weapon of the French legionnaires, and a lot go. of their history revolves around desert warfare. Um, but I, I remember the the first time I ever laid eyes on the Steyr was in an awful movie called. <laughs> Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, where all the bad guys <laughs> carried styres. And at the time, it was a futuristic-looking weapon. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I um, it, it was certainly an interesting, an interesting, an interesting choice. Um, and I think even with, uh, with Dusty's, uh, with his headgear as well, with the um, uh, what, what do they call those hats? Havelock. Oh, the Fritz style helmet. Yeah, yeah, it's with with the um with the flap of material coming off the back of his headgear. It's, it's, it's not called a havelock, legionnaire. So, so I don't is know it? if you caught that. Is it not called a havelock, Tony? Uh, it could be. It could be. I'm not sure. My first uh, encounter with the style is probably most people's uh, first encounter with the style, and that's um, uh, which is the baddie in Die Hard. I forget his name. He's got the one with the the brother, the long no, blonde yeah. hair. The ballet dancer. <laughs> yes, that, <laughs> the German Carl. Carl, yeah, yeah. No, actually, that that, that would have been the first time I saw the style, um, because okay. that that came out before Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. <laughs> I remember, I remember Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. There was like the four the four villains in trench coats, and they all had styers, and yeah. Of course. <laughs> all right. Um, next news item uh, actually speaks to the brand new G.I. Joe animated series, apparently. Uh, it's going to have a, its, its first season for release in 2022. 
So this is some long-term stuff, but uh, sounds like it's going to focus a lot on Snake Eyes. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Anyone else heard about this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't. I announcement what? Yeah. What is that, Rob? I, didn't, I, I, I haven't. I didn't know that there was a new cartoon coming out. That's pretty cool. So You're not alone, just... Rob. I've got no idea what's going on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm glad I'm not there been, <laughs> There's been a sizzle reel that hasn't been shown to us, but shown to, I suppose, the audience members that are part of the licensing convention in Brazil. Anyway, um, they did a description of what was in the clip. And it's really just um, what Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow look like. Snake Eyes uh, looks a lot like a Black Power Ranger. He wears bladed gauntlets like classified series Storm Shadow art, um, or most popularly known as Batman gauntlets. He's got a silver visor, has no weapon, just a badass kick. Storm Shadow looks a lot like the Marvel character Crossbones, apparently. He has a high white, uh, a white high-collar jacket with no sleeves, and like Snake Eyes, he wears the same gauntlets. Um, he's dual-wielding two tang-hooked katanas. And the enemies that they're facing off against are two males, one bare-chested with tattoos, uh, wearing Japanese demon masks. Um, and the bare-chested enemy wields a double-ended Japanese shoge hook. Correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. No, you're correct. Uh, the other wields a straight sword while receiving a knee kick to the chest from Snake Eyes. And the location is on top of a building, sort of a he helipad with neon signboards seen um, around the city. And apparently there are 4th of July-like fireworks, which is very much a callback to the intro sequence of G.I. Joe, the movie. So 2022, I mean, in one sense, it's uh, quite a ways off, but it's one of those things that you blink and you miss it. Um, people have been clamoring for a G.I. Joe animated series, and it looks like it's in the pipeline. But yeah, I, I, is this the right approach? I, I'm going to say yes. Um, I like, like, okay, like, here's the thing. Firstly, I am very lukewarm about it, um, just because we've had a, a few G.I. Joe animated sort of series in between the original and now. Uh, some were really great in the form of like the retaliation stuff and renegades. I liked renegades personally. Some were really bad, like spy troops, etc. Uh, and Sigma Six, and that you know the jury's out in Sigma Six, so I don't want to get into that. Um, but if if it elevates the brand, if it just makes GI Joe cool in the eyes of kids, and it makes uh, and it gets Hasbro to produce more toys and and it builds up the fandom, then awesome, because then we benefit by having cool GI Joe stuff and and you know this is a fan this is a property that we love very much so i think it's a great thing that they're doing that and also if i i'm going to mention he-man right now but you know these he-man toys in south africa they're doing well um because they they're selling to people who the brands already invested in you know so it's people who know about it and whatever's and occasionally you know when i'm in the toy shops and whatever's i see kids getting excited about them but having a cartoon would really help the toy line uh in a big way and i think yeah, G.I. Joe having a cartoon uh, would help the brand in a big way. So I think it's a great thing, actually. Uh, especially if uh, with the movie, with uh, the Snake Eyes movie that's coming out and the fact that it sounds good, you know, from uh, from what we've heard, it sounds like it's a good movie. So, yeah, let's carry on that excitement. And, and that's at least that's where I'm taking it from. I mean, if it's, if it's a dumpster fire, it's a dumpster fire. You know what I mean? But we all only know in 2022, I suppose. Anyway, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Any responses from anyone else? Gents, Rob, Tony? I'm just going to wait to see it. Yeah. 
It's the first I'm hearing of it. I mean, it, it kind of sounds like they're probably doubling down on on Snake Eyes. You know, they they must have some confidence that's going to be popular. And I, I'm not speaking of the the, the live action movie. I'm, I'm not that confident, but that's not to say I, I want it to be bad. Like I I love GI Joe, and I I want to see a huge resurgence. So I I really hope that I go to see Snake Eyes Origins, and I am pleasantly surprised and hopefully the same with this cartoon so mm. yeah let's be cautiously optimistic you know <laughs> yeah, Let, let's, yeah let's not be gatekeepers i suppose <laughs> so, yeah. yeah i mean it, it seems like they're, they're launching a, a massive three-pronged maybe four-pronged approach i mean not only is there the feature film which hopes to start a, a series of feature films presumably because it is a you know it's gi joe origins um this is a kind of a, a reboot, as it were. Uh, they've also announced a Lady J live-action TV series and now this cartoon series. So they're definitely trying to further the story of G.I. Joe and bring it into the now. And it's an oft-said phrase, but a rising tide, you know, yep. raises all ships. Anyways, look, it, it couldn't hurt, could it? <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah that's that the thing. Hopefully optimism. it doesn't do any damage to, to the brand that's already sort of you know, getting onto its feet again. So that that's the only hope. Also, mm -hmm. guys, uh, worth mentioning in terms of like properties that are coming out from GI Joe. I mean, there's that Lady J TV series, and yeah. like I know that we've sort of briefly touched on that in the past, mm -hmm. but I heard that uh, it's the um, the Bonaventura is um, the one of the producers, and that makes me very nervous. <laughs> because dude, that guy will always be producing GI Joe. No, I, I get it. <laughs> But that's the, but the the issue I have. Well, it's exactly that. You know, like I'm like, eh, I just hope it's a good one. <laughs> that's mm. the only thing that uh, that makes me nervous about that going forward. But I mean, I just wanted to throw that in as a tidbit because I, I read Look, that I think, somewhere. I think we can all agree that if it's anything like Resolute, it's on the right track. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But time will tell. Uh, something else that um, was sort of a little bit of a reveal uh, passed in front of my nose this week, thanks to Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse, good old Zazel Phoenix. Uh, he told me that, or he referred me on to a CBR article, which uh, was also, it's, it's, uh, it's about animation, so it fits the, the current uh, agenda. Um, in the Inhumanoids cartoon, I don't know if anyone remembers Inhumanoids, but mm. there's a reference to G.I. Joe not quite as 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 marked as the the cops reference to GI Joe, but there's a character in in Humanoids called Saber Jet, and Saber Jet is a horrifically disfigured human who um, his aircraft he, he basically perished in his aircraft, and they used his aircraft parts to rebuild him. <laughs> Turns out this like guy's name. Totally, totally. Well, the, the whole tone of the show was pretty macabre. It was about giant monsters, right? So they rebuilt Saberjet uh, using parts from his crashed jet. And his file name is Brad Armbruster. Oh, Ace. Mm. Ace. So there's, uh, there, there's some interesting uh, little nuggets there, I guess, that these worlds can coexist. All right, let's uh, move on to our next news item. 
So there are in-hand images of the new Zartan. The image that I've flashed on the screen now, the Sideshow, not Sideshow, the <laughs> classified series six-inch Zartan that comes with all the ex extra heads and accessories and stuff. The picture that I'm showing now is a render, and this is what he looks like blue. But the in-hand uh, images have been revealed online and not too shabby. Whoa, Smurfalicious. Smurf Zartan <laughs> in the hisse. People have objected to his silver accents on the, the, the armor. Uh, mm. Take it or leave it. My big objection is the fact that these um, color change features are activated by putting him in the fridge or the freezer, in fact. Okay. You need to cool him down to turn him blue. Uh, whereas, you know, classic Zartan's uh, color change feature was activated by sunlight which is his character trait. It's like, ah, the sunlight. I can't take sunlight. My eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can, I'm gonna, can I fire off the first, first salvo on, on an opinion here? Because... Hit it. I, and, okay, and I'm sorry. should have right out the gate, right? This, uh, this might seem a little bit uncharacteristic, but I'm a little pissed off about this reveal. Like, mm -hmm. not like, uh, whatever's... And I'm sorry if, like, I, I'm sure there's other fans out there that are very happy about this and awesome, but I'm a little pissed off at this. This is something that they just could have done from the beginning. I don't see why we had to get it as an exclusive. I just, and also it's a $30 figure. It's gone from being a $20 to a $30 figure. So why didn't they just do this as a retail release? I understand there's convention exclusive, blah, 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 but still, this is just a little off-pissing. It's like, <laughs> for I me anyway. I caught yeah. wind of the possibility that there was some excuse made as to why it wasn't originally color changing and that it had something to do with the plastic. They, they couldn't get hold of the, the plastic for some reason. Like it was a COVID delay, basically. Uh, um, so the, the exact kind of plastic that has this color yeah, changing ability property. Like, hmm. But then also just, uh, and don't get me wrong. I think, I, I mean, I'm also not a big fan of those silver accents. I think the version that we got originally um, on store shelves is a great toy. And I mean, you know, and I love that toy. And I think this package, I think the uh, concept is great. It's like, it's awesome that we got all of this stuff. I just don't know why they couldn't have just done that the first time around. That's all. That's the only thing that pisses me off. I think the figure is cool. Um, I just don't know why they couldn't have just released it. I understand, yes, there's COVID delays, blah, 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 with the plastic and etc. But yeah, anyway, just annoy you. <laughs> Hasbro <laughs> gives, and then they take it away. <laughs> James Salzberg says he looks like Faker. So he does look some, like Faker. <laughs> some Motu love there, Paulie. I got oh, Faker yes. in my hand now, and Faker's like, brother? <laughs> you think if you removed uh, Zartan's armor, he would also have a computer behind it? Just uh, asking for a friend. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just stepped out for a moment to refill my drink. But um, is this a? I know this is an exclusive. What's this exclusive to? San Diego Comic Con. It's a convention exclusive, and forgive me, Tony. I'm not that up on my my current events. I yeah, mean, conventions no, are effectively dead to me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think one of the good things with this, I, I, there's obviously a lot of talk in the in the certainly in the GI Joe classified collecting community. People are getting incredibly frustrated with all the exclusives that are hard to get. To me, this is a genuine exclusive where everyone's had the opportunity to get the basic Zartan figure. So 
if you don't get the exclusive, at least you've still got Zartan. At least it's not like, you know, the Cobra Viper or something, um, the target exclusive that's like impossible to find. So um, th 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 this is a good choice for an exclusive, I think. Yep. Mm. And James Salzberg has set us straight. It is the Hascon Online exclusive. Cheers, uh, brother. Okay. Hascon. Ah. All right, guys, let's move swiftly on past Zartan and into Yay! the Super 7 Ultimates reveal. My word. Yeah. Paul, I'm sure you're champing at the bit, dude. Kick us off. I am, but um, Rob, have you seen these yet, dude? Yes, I did. Um, I, I watched the, the, the little video that, they, that Super 7 put out. I love their editing. Uh, <laughs> the, the little effects that he puts into his video as he kind of like says things it's, it's like, it, it really pumps you up I think these look really amazing um, there are 6 inch figures though aren't they 7, seven, seven inch, seven inch. Oh, okay they're, they're twice as big as they should be but um, they look but absolutely they incredible and they're very accurate to, they're made to fit in with the rest of what Super 7 is calling their ultimates Ultimates, so yeah. they they kind of didn't want to play in the same sandbox as the classified. They want to play in their own. Uh, but so yeah, these, these will look good amazing. next to the Silverhawks figures and their TNMT figures, all that sort of thing. Yep, they do look absolutely fantastic. And I love that they come with so many accessories. I mean, that's really cool. You can do a lot of really great stuff with these figures. It's yep. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of stuff in the box, but there should be because these are retailing at 55 US a pop. Which is so... actually a very cool price. Um, and, and, and sorry, coming from somebody who is an <laughs> Ultimates collector, okay, uh, I collect Ultimates Ninja Turtle stuff. Um, uh, and I feel like you really do get the value for the money. I think the quality of the toys is great. And I, and I love the accessories that came with the Ninja Turtles. And I like the little sort of nods that they that super seven have done and i see that that's carried on into this line now i'm going to be full disclosure i'm probably not going to collect this line and i and i'm i know i know i said that sometimes about a lot of things but i'm not going to collect this line i'm going to pick up a bat maybe and i'd love to see how they do scarlet and the baroness um but i think i'm going to personally avoid this line just because i've got the ninja turtles going on um and are the ninja turtles quite hardy paul like how are super sevens quality in terms of toys to play with okay so i would say with the super seven <laughs> stuff when they do like when i'm looking at these joes uh these characters and i think about super seven i think that these will be pretty hardy in a lot of ways the turtles do feel like they can be a little bit fragile in the hip area with the leg joints that always freaks me out a little um but these these are okay. These look like they're going to be okay for that kind of thing. Um, but then again, these are very much, I feel, I feel the Super 7 stuff is kind of like display with or pose for, for toy photography kind of vibe. I don't, I, I would be remiss to like hand them over to a child, for example, because I think a kid wouldn't, uh, I think uh, if, if you give it to a kid that's maybe not that careful, they might easily break and that would just cause a lot of sadness. Well, I believe that is seven, Super 7's approach. They, it's that they're creating collector's lines of yeah. figures. They're, they're not making toys toys for kids. Um, you know, they're leaving that to Hasbro to create, um, while as they're kind of creating their, you know, forging their own niche in in this industry. So also, I watched the interview with, uh, with Brian Flynn of Super 7, and I pulled a few salient points out that might be interesting to, to discuss. He says that 
he's got years and years of this product planned out. He's got mm. over 36, and this is Ultimates alone. We'll get into the reaction stuff in a minute, but he's got over 36 characters planned um, already. So that's three years worth at least um, of reveals. And it's all in motion. He is totally all in on this license, um, mm. pro pro probably for the next 10 years, in fact, or more. And he also made a point of like, it's very compatible with everything else that Super 7 is doing in this scale. And in terms of accessories, I just need to draw everyone's attention to the fact that Duke comes with a watch and that watch, <laughs> like you can take his, his, his hand off and place the watch, you know, re realistically, basically to yeah. hide that, that cuff, that joint. So you can have him with the watch or without, which is basically just a nod to like a few frames of animation. And Crazy also, talk. And one of the, the like the thing about this line that's absolutely stunning and that makes it stand out is the fact that it's it's a sunbow based line. Everything here is mm. based on the sunbow cartoon, um, so it's going for the sunbow aesthetic. I mean that's if I mean that's for our listeners on the podcast and for our viewers, duh, because you guys are seeing this all here. But I like that. I like that they've taken that. That's the vehicle they've gone with. They're going for a strict sunbow thing. They're not trying to take GI Joes and make them cooler, aka classified or Mesco. They are literally taking the Sunbow stuff. And it's something that I've seen have um, sort of, uh, well, at least for me, when I was collecting 25th anniversary, Whoa. it had a serious appeal to me uh, when they released uh, figures that had a bit of a Sunbow edge to them. That said, this is going to be great. One thing about this line that I think is going to be really cool, and I know I'm, uh, I'm making speculations here, but I think we're going to finally see characters like Night Raven and Mara oh, starters. Yes. I think we're going to see that. Uh, maybe like Dr. Burkhart, um, maybe Hector Ramirez. I think we're going to get some of those characters. And I think that's kind of great if you're a G.I. Joe fan. That's something that's really special. Also, well, that they're plumbing the depths. It's not mm. just com uh, the cartoon stuff. While that is a huge thrust, like the accessory that I'd like to show off right now is the snake encircling the globe, which Brian mm. Flynn kind of set aside and said that that's his favorite accessory. And it doesn't come from the cartoon specifically it specifically mm. is meant to replicate the otari commercials for the gi mm. joe video game which was i think it's called gi joe cobra attack i mean yeah. the comic book ad was probably the best part of it because the gameplay by all <laughs> by all accounts is appalling and also guys if you're worried about your snake eyes being very very blue let me just um <laughs> like set you straight Snake Eyes is blue in the miniseries, which means mm, that they're yeah. going to do the more gray version of Snake Eyes with the with the version two visor. I'm I'm sure that's coming down the the pipe, and um, I'm sure that will be released well, in the same set with like Spirit. That version would also be a bluer hue with black accents. Because, I actually went and know. looked it up. Pur pur uh, pur purposely looked it up just to check because I wanted to see what my, uh, if my memory was failing me on it, and it's like more of a light purple. Than a gray. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah they didn't want to. Um, they didn't want to animate a completely black clad. Hey, you madman! They didn't want to animate a black clad character. Was kind of would kind of disappear into the backgrounds. So yeah, Snake Eyes always took on that midnight blue. No, mm -hmm. oh, I also want to say, Rob Walsh, if you're listening to this, you called it, buddy. This is absolutely what he predicted. Super Seven would reveal. Mm. so nice uh moving squarely along i mean has everyone 
said their piece about good old Super 7's Ultimates line. I yep. think so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Perfect. is anyone actually going to buy this stuff? No. <laughs> yeah, but Paul, I, I, no, I, I they look really is. cool, but I, yeah, I as well wouldn't buy these. Um, it's yeah. just not my, I was never a huge, I mean, I didn't grow up with a cartoon, so it's not my personal focus. Um, but I think it's even, it's nice that they are producing them and hopefully it, you know, continues to introduce more people to GI Joe and the cartoon and everything else. I'm going to resist it with everything I have because I, you know, I like money, you know, <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know where to put all this stuff and yeah, I don't know how many banks I have to rob to get it all, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to cherry pick. I'm going to certainly cherry pick. Uh, there's a few, there's a few characters that are done in the Sunburst style, which I think are well worth owning. Um, and as I mentioned, like Scarlet would be great. Lady, uh, I haven't mentioned Lady J. As I'm thinking now, um, it would be great to have Mora. It would be great to have Shipwreck. It would be great to have Storm Shadow. Oh, my word, my money. Anyway, moving along, Stephen. <laughs> Paul, Paul, real, real quick, if, if, if you do end up uh, robbing banks for this, I am looking for some part-time work. So. Oh, rock and roll. Cool, man. We just need a go. real man now. <laughs> all right gents so something a little bit closer to the the gi joe scale that feels right uh are the reaction figures now these are actually going to be available in stores in, as early as september these are and nice the initial... if you like star wars figures i think um well i want to hear from tony because he is a fan of the pally toy action force figures five points of articulation and all what is your feel towards G.I. Joe figures done in a similar style? I think it's a step backwards. Um, Granted. So this but. is Super Severin's reaction line, and mm -hmm. my reaction is to not like these. <laughs> right. <laughs> to put things in perspective, they are uh, retailing at the premium price point of $18. They're US? currently US, yep. So Whoa. that's a, a further detraction, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they look no, well, so pretty. Don't so they? When when Hasbro <laughs> announced the retro collection last year, everyone was wanting a you know because they'd done Ghostbusters like a retro collection, a recreation of the originals. They'd done the retro collection Star Wars, a recreation of the originals. We were all expecting a recreation of the. Um, O-ring styled figure, and what we got was the four-inch scaled, um, not even original sculpts or anything. You know, some 25th anniversary figures with new with new paint apps. So um, fans are screaming out for the original three and three-quarter inch O-ring style articulation design, and yeah, they're not getting it. <laughs> it yeah, they seem very reticent to do it. I mean, I, I don't know what, why they keep, I don't know, I suppose stringing people along. It's like you say it's going to be retro, but then it's not, it's not retro at all. I mean, 2004, 2005 isn't retro. That's, that's, that's still 20 years past the point where the line originally came out. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so this is a situation where I feel like uh, we have to vote with our credit cards and as, as a fan base, like... I'm sure that this line will have its fans totally, but I think um, I think if people 
can maybe and I, I this is horrible and hardcore to say, but I think if people can maybe just hold off on if they don't like them, um, then don't buy them. Like I know it sounds weird to say that, but a lot of us as fans sometimes get sucked into the oh, it's a GI Joe product, you know, I have to buy it to support GI Joe, but like you're not. <laughs> well, you are, but you're also not. You're supporting you're supporting something that maybe you don't want to see more of, and so that's something I think we have to be careful with as fans. Um, I've seen some very cool positive uh, comments leveraged towards this line, and I've seen some negative comments put against this line. And the negative comments are the obvious ones. I mean, Tony, you're you know you're you're right, um, and I agree with what, a lot of what you said there. Uh, but some of the positives are, well, yeah, they they cartoon accurate, I suppose. If I can leverage one positive thing here, I'm so glad to see them using original artwork, as in they created their own artwork for the packaging. Because as I understand it, reaction figures are mostly collected to be in package, like sort of like a, yeah. oh, look, I've got this cool looking modern vintage line that I keep in my, my collecting room or in my, you know, my, my den or my party room or whatever. Oh, that's so cool. They never released Back to the Future figures like that before. So you keep them all together. So the art and the toy and everything is kind of like a, a, a package deal. So anyway, the positive that I find there is I really like the artwork and, um, <clears throat> I think their niche, I just think $19 is too much for them. And I've said this before. Too much. I kind of wish that they weren't quite as stiffly posed. Like there is a little bit of juice that you can add to even a five point of articulation figure. I'm not saying make them 90s uh, Star Wars power of the force, like super posed, you know, like basically, I, I don't know, Han Solo is like doing a, a low lunge. <laughs> that's sort of nonsense but if you just added a little bit of a bend to the elbow or a slight slackening of the knees they'd be slightly more dynamic unfortunately they look very very rigid and will hold their weapons you know with an arm outstretched which is unfortunate because even pally toy action force innovated a kind of a, a crook words out of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you need that it's it's yeah. beautiful it, it just makes makes the figure make sense and you know they're not standing like <clears throat> statues yeah there, there you we go. go he's got his but... desert rat ladies and gentlemen he brought it to the studio Ooh. fantastic <laughs> and that's I probably one of the the most exciting like um theaters of of combats in in world war ii i mean the desert rats correct me if i'm wrong they were the british guys who were in the jeeps raiding um nazi air bases and, and and Italian air bases in North Africa, was it Jeeps or Land Rovers? The Land Jeeps. Rovers, probably. Yep. No, no Jeeps. Was it Jeeps? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's Incredible. right. Because I've got an SAS Jeep model kit. Yeah. And well, I think the, the thing with the, with with the reaction figures is, is that's the style of the line. Is they all style to be the kind of like stiffness. It's 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 kind of like pop vinyls where you mm. kind of get a very standard stock look to the figure, and they just they customize it just based off you know who the actual character itself is you know just painting something different over this very standard you know uh model i suppose so it, it'll appeal to the people who enjoy reactions already i think where mm. where you want to kind of like buff out your collection yeah. with like a different line of characters it's the same like with the pop finals people collect certain characters and lines or they just collect them just to have a lot of figures you know kept in in the packaging so, I suppose uh, the thing is, though, with, with reaction, 
they made a name for themselves making figures. Now, I know these are cartoon accurate and not comic accurate, but they really made a name for themselves making retro-styled action figures of properties that we never got any toys for. You know, Back to the Future, Escape from New York, Escape from New York <laughs> Terminator yeah. 1. Mm. Well, it all kicked off with Alien, didn't it? The unproduced Alien figures. Now here, you're, you're going to a toy line that actually did exist and was incredibly popular. You know, it was one of the biggest toy lines, if not the biggest toy line of the 80s. Um, and you're, 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 you're dialing everything back. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. To add to Rob's <laughs> point, I think, I think there is a kind of, uh, and this is maybe a bit of a positive for the figures, um, to add to what Rob is saying, I think that there's a sort of an uncomplicated nature to them, which makes them more accessible to collectors of things like Reaction Already or to guys who wish to have those toys but don't want to go through the effort of trying to track down the vintage stuff or possibly find that, you know, the multiple articulation Joes are just too much to, ha to handle, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, like, I think there is that crowd that might really appreciate these, the, the quote-unquote Funko Pop crowd. Uh, which is quite a diverse collecting um, body, I may say. I don't want to generalize them because uh, I know people who collect pops and they actually like other cool toys too. So it's weird. Anyway, actually, <laughs> but cool yeah, toys. I think I think that's what makes I think that's what makes them uh, gives them an appeal is that they are uncomplicated. You know. And to your point, Tony, you're absolutely right, man. Like these are pre-existing toys, but mm. it kind of had to do the. They had to cover the the obvious bases first up. Um, if I can refer back to old Brian Flynn's um, uh, interview with Fushkast, uh, he was saying that he's got such epic plans to create the toys that we never got. Like, and that's why he included Quinn first up. It's just yeah. a little smattering of like, this is what we hope to do. You know, we've got huge plans for this this IP. We're going to hang on to it for a long time. You're going to get bath rugs <laughs> with GI Joe. <laughs> he dropped a name that I don't recognize at all. Major Juanita Hooper. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. I don't know who that is either. How is that? He wants to make all the goofy side characters that you never thought would get made, and with Super Seven, there also exists the possibility because they did do Snake Mountain. They have crowdfunded the Thunder Tank. So with a line like Joe, and he was very quick to say that you need vehicles. And Honda there are some vehicles that you need to have. And yeah. there are so many vehicles that were never made. So, and, and the one that he referenced immediately was the Cobra Snake Plane. He was like, I don't know how the hell we'd ever do that, but... So I guess, I guess it's exciting to have this potential, even if the figures are... <laughs> also, I also think it's great that Super 7 does seem to care about the line and care about the property. Like, they really care about it. Like, Yeah, they're going to release the next round of Ultimates stuff. in November. So the next drop of Ultimates will be in November. And the orders... Um, the thing about the Ultimates is something that I didn't realize until I watched the, the, the live stream or the, yeah, the, the interview, interview with Foosh, which was that he produces exact numbers yes he opens orders for a month and yep. you have a month to order as many as you want there's no cap there's no limit and then once he's got those in then he goes to factory with exact numbers yep. so 
crazy. Which is great. I think it's great. Like, there's no like risk of trying to make something that's mass market appeal. You make something that appeals, and then it sells to the people who want it. And then if it does really, really well, they reprint it. You know, which they've done with the turtles. And also, just in case anyone was wondering what the initial lineup was, uh, I should have done this earlier, but always my computer to blame. Decided to shit the bed. Uh, okay, first up, we've got Snake Eyes, Quinn, and Scarlet on the good side, along with um, some green shirts in various ethnicities. They call it brown, pink, and tan. Hmm. <laughs> And then the baddies, we've always going to have uh, Crowd Pleaser, Cobra Commander, a very cartoon accurate Destro with removable wrist rockets. Nice touch for something that has very limited appeal otherwise. Uh, and Baroness in her blue jumpsuit. Nice. nice. Oh, Scarlet comes with a, an accessory that she never used to come with, which is the quiver, which I, I mean, I don't know if I'll pay $18 for a quiver, but it'll certainly tempt me. I can give I like that, that to my <laughs> Give that to my O-ring, Scarlet. And Quinn has his 1919 um, air-cooled 30 cal, which, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think a G.I. Joe toy has ever come with. Like, Quinn, when re-released, was given the, the, the 50 cal, the roadblock weapon. Anywho, um, then you've got troop builders galore. Cobra blue shirts in mixed ethnicities, but with two stars of web gear. <laughs> and the packaging is the tell. So if you get a yellow-backed package, you've got... Um, oh, let me get this right. The yellow-backed package has an H-style uh, uh, webbing at the back, the clasp at the back of the figure. And the webbing um, with the red... <laughs> the red-backed packaging has a Y-shaped um, clasp at the back of the web gear. So a little bit of added detail, and also the weapons are very cartoon accurate. I thought they might troll us by mixing up the weapons, and it looks like they have. So <laughs> but that's cool. In some, in some instances, yeah. you've got the um, the darker skinned uh, Cobra infantryman with a pistol, and in some instances, he's got the submachine gun. Oh my goodness! It sounds like a variant nightmare. But gentlemen, I think we've got a surprise guest in the mix. Uh, Here comes a new challenger. Da -da 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 exactly right. Are you there, Melinda Mock of Retro Blasting? Am I here? You are. It's Iconic Con royalty, everyone. Hello, Melinda. Welcome to GI Joburg. That that desert rat guy you have in here looks remarkably like my friend Tony. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is quite the surprise. What what happened here? <laughs> well, uh, schemes and machinations. <laughs> she hadn't like talked enough onion sly, so so we needed a round two. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Melinda no. Walker Joburg, how are you on this Sunday morning? Thank you very much for waking up and, and jumping on, a on your laptop to talk to us. That's literally what happened. Um, no, thank you so much for having me. I I was um, so I was watching your uh, Iconicon review. And uh, I, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I have to make some clarifications to statements about the statements. So uh, I want to Can't let that go. <laughs> well, mostly because, um, you know, us Americans are, are fairly basic in a lot of ways. <laughs> so when you guys were saying that uh, you were talking about 
um, Top Gear and, and how I made the comparison between you guys and Top Gear, which was a total compliment, by the way. We, we watched so much of not the American version, but the, the original British version. Um, you know, when I, when I saw your video for Iconicon, um, I, it was like, this is like a full on Jeremy Clarkson style, you know, with the slow motion, almost uh, beauty <laughs> shots of the vehicle and the voiceover and the sunset in the background. And, you know, just sort of like talking lovingly with flowery language about the vehicle and just all of that. Just I've never seen anyone else do it besides them. And so, you know, I, I just didn't want it to come off like I was saying, oh, well, they have accents. So, of course, it's just like Top Gear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry I was so reductive, Melinda. No, 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 I, no, no. I, I, I'm teasing you a little bit, but I, did, <laughs> I, I loved the video. And I will also just say that um, I felt I was embarrassed a little bit, but I, I thought you guys mostly just did this. I thought you did a podcast. And so I had never seen any of your fully produced content. So that's sort of a great thing that came out of um, the convention, I think, is that I learned a lot more about like the types of stuff that all of you guys do so it is a side thing that is kind of in many people's eyes become the main thing like we love meeting up and just talking gi joe um the occasional video is is really just an, an overflowing of that love for for, for the toys um but but the, Fortunately, there seems to be an appetite for that sort of thing, so um, I'm only happy to produce it when, when life allows. But comments on Top Gear, uh, notwithstanding, Melinda, I'm glad <laughs> it, it managed to get you into one of our podcasts, so I'll take it. <laughs> uh, well, How the I mean, hell are you doing? How's the Iconicon come down? Oh, you know, well, this weekend is my, my weekend to relax and, and not do anything and, you know, just lay on the couch literally like all of yesterday i just laid on the couch and watched tv it was amazing it was everything i hoped it could be and more so what does queen retro blasting watch when she wants to unwind i mean it seems really? like there's so much content that actually is linked to what you guys do that everything seems like homework i'm sure so oh, yeah. what's your guilty pleasure oh like really cheesy romance stuff that's super <laughs> really yeah, like stuff that runs Michael out of the room screaming. <laughs> like made for TV stuff or? I Well, so, I mean, if you want to know my actual, I, yesterday I was binge watching the new season of Virgin River on Netflix, uh, which is basically a soap opera, which, by the way, I grew up watching soap operas with my mom, so I kind of love that. Um, but yeah, I watch way worse stuff. That's, that's like highly produced. I watch like the cheesiest Hallmark and, and below Hallmark level Christmas movies every year. Michael's just like, what is wrong with you? And I'm just watching it like I'm watching Mystery Science Theater, you know? <laughs> Amazing. It's my favorite. I feel Michael's pain at the moment. Grace <laughs> is also watching Virgin River. Yes! Uh... Me and Grace watching Virgin River. That was uh... So good. I'd, I'd, I'd rather watch movie Oubliette. Well, I mean, <laughs> I know, but like, there's not like ten like hour long episodes of that. I so. know, I know. <laughs> but, but to your point, uh, Steve, it, it. I think it was Steve that was talking. I had my glasses on, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I, I do think that a lot of the stuff that we normally watch becomes like, oh, I need to take notes, or oh, I need to, 
you know, rewind that and get that, write that down the time code so that I can, I don't want to have to do that. So I just, mm -hmm. it's mindless and cheesy. And I know it's cheesy, like, just to be clear. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. to be clear, what else is the cost of Full House supposed to do when they're not on Full House? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, no. Thank you in the comments. Oh yeah, uh, and and thanks to my buddy Darren Cobb, we perhaps have a possible explanation for the acronym underneath the tomahawk badge. Paul, I don't know if you caught this, but he offered a fantastic explanation for what the T H U G might stand for, and that's a uh, tactical helicopter utility gunship. And I immediately shot back to old Darren saying it's impossible for that to be the acronym because it's not strained at all. It actually seems like it, it might be legit. It's possible. Yeah, it's not warrior, hovering, uh, attack, envoy. You know, the, the killer whales acronym has got to be the most bizarre of all. Anyways. Um, there were a lot of really weird acronyms in the 80s, though. Not just G.I. Joe. I mean... Melinda, I know Mike's the toy guy, but do you have an opinion? We've just wrapped talking about Super 7's G.I. Joe reveals... Will you guys be picking up any of this for the Retro Museum? I mean, if I had to make a guess, I would say probably not. I know Michael doesn't tend to buy, I mean, unless it's just something really spectacular or really terrible that he wants to review. But um, mm. I I just, I mean, well, I don't look, necessarily have any interest, although that Scarlet figure you popped up, like Scarlet's my favorite. Um, mm. And... I don't know. At, maybe fi at five hair. points of articulation, she makes the perfect keychain. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Part of me always wants to take it and like with G.I. Joe, especially, and the characters from the comics, like not, not so much the cartoon, but to kind of take mm -hmm. some of their books from the comics. And I kind of want to do like my own art sculpt type stuff of it, like make my own little right. action. Not that they would be super good, but like because I have that art background, it always makes me want to start. Oh, I wonder if I could sculpt a, an action figure that that its face actually looked attractive in some way, because that's what matters to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> look, I mean, if you look at Scarlet version one, uh, that figure was pretty rudimentary and left a lot to be desired. So. I think I'm tapping into what you were saying about the ultimate um, line, Paul, and that's you can't wait to see a Scarlet and a Baroness because those animated designs were gorgeous. They were mm -hmm. very attractive uh, presentations of those characters. And the action figures always left you feeling a little bit slighted. It was like, mm. I mean, Scarlet in animation is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I think we spun our wheels about toys uh, long enough. How about we talk about real-world action figures? <laughs> <laughs> Tony, my brother, where to begin? I Wherever guess. you would like, my friend. Talk to us about... I mean, I'm, I'm going to leave really encounter. quickly while, while you guys are doing that, just because I want Tony to have the full like spotlight and I have to go feed my cats or they're going to riot. So please continue your discussion. <laughs> I just wanted to pop in and say, I love what you guys do. And thank you so much for participating in it. I can't. Melinda, awesome. you're welcome oh, anytime. Thank you for the amazing experience. <laughs> Bye guys. Have a Cheers. good Sunday. Melinda, thank you. So talking about bullpup rifles. Oh, yeah. A picture of Tony with his stire. 
That is a 17-year-old Tony Roberts um, getting towards the end of basic recruit training at uh, Kapuka in New South Wales. Um, back in those days, the recruit training course was 12 weeks. I think it's only eight weeks now. Um, but yeah, I, I joined the Australian Army straight out of high school. Um, my family came to Australia when I was 11 years old. We became citizens when I was like 14 or 15. And I remember when I got to the age and I wanted to join the army, this was like the early 90s. And I always wanted to go back to England and join the British Army. And my mum was scared of me going to Northern Ireland. So I wasn't allowed to uh, to go back to England. I had, she was like, join the Australian Army. They're, they're not going anywhere at the moment. It'll be safe. And um, uh, yeah, this is... Um, a long, long time ago, 27 <laughs> years ago. Wow. Um, yeah, I weighed about 40 kilos less than what. As a matter of fact, when I went to join the army, um, they uh, you do the medical checkup and there's like a height to weight ratio thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I got told, because I went in when I was like 16 years and nine months old. Um, so, you know, I want to join as soon as I turned 17. And they said, well you need to put on five kilos because I was too skinny. Um, so my, my dad got me on a diet and I just remember drinking lots and lots of milk for the next couple of weeks, <laughs> trying to put that <laughs> weight on. So Milk okay, and man. hopefully beer. Doesn't uh, particularly like a stout, wouldn't that uh, pack on the, the, the kilograms? That's 16, yeah, I'm... for sure in Australia. I wasn't a big beer drinker back then. I was... Okay. Um, you know, I'd, I'd have a rum and coke or something. I didn't start really drinking beer until I got into my 20s, you know. It's, uh, like, beers are really an acquired taste, you know. It's, um, fair enough. Uh, now, like, beer's pretty much the only thing I drink. Although tonight, I am having a, a Shivers Regal. Ooh, uh, special occasion. The man had a roast, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! We have a roast. What did you roast? Sunday. Beef, lamb? Uh, roast chicken tonight. Oh, very good. Delicious. Yep. Full roast chicken, potatoes, Yorkshire puddings, vegetables, the whole lot. Ah, man. Yeah. In my household, it's pretty much stir fry every night. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheap, uh, cheerful, easy, nasty. Um, yeah. Here we have Tony with a, a black hawk in the background, two in fact, and uh, American soldier. Who's this fella? So the, this is the first time that this photo's ever been shared publicly. Um, Ooh, oh dear! <laughs> no, no, no! I, I sent these to you. Not, not that. Um, I can, I can slap a, reason. I can slap a classified sticker all over that. No, no, like no, to. no, no, no! This, this, this amazing, amazing man here is now retired. Um, that's not, that's not any soldier. That is. Major General Michael Jones, who in 2008 was the um, the head of the Civilian Police Assistance Training Team in Iraq. So basically the general who was heading up the training of all Iraqi police forces across the country. And I spent about nine months um, as part of his close protection team. Um, this photograph was taken at Landing Zone Washington, which is in the green zone in Baghdad, just across the road from Saddam's old presidential palace. Mm. Um, uh, it, was, it was one of the best jobs I ever, ever had there because a lot of the time, whenever we had to travel somewhere, we were always in vehicles. Well, because we were looking after a general, 
Um, we got a lot of opportunities to to travel places via Blackhawk, um, land somewhere in a, a short distance um, by road. So, um, uh, but he he was he was a fantastic guy. I don't think I've ever met such a hard worker in my life. He had, he did a fifteen month tour of Iraq, and I'm not exaggerating. He would get up at five o'clock in the morning, and we would have to take turns at doing. PT with him, he would want to run five miles every morning around the embassy compound. So we would have two of us would have to run with him um, with a small med pouch and a and a pistol. Uh, we were fairly safe in the in the US embassy, but just in case there was like a rocket or a mortar attack would come in. Um, but yeah, he would go for his morning run, and then at six o'clock we would be on the move, and this guy would not stop working till ten o'clock at night. And then would literally have a shower, go to sleep, get up and work again the next day. And he did that for, for 15 months straight. So I have a massive amount of respect for Major General Mark Jones. It's Hawk, baby. Hawk in the flesh. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of the timeline, Tony. So sorry, we probably could have done this up front. But um, you did your, your stint in the Australian Army uh, as a youngster. And then you went back to England for a bit. And then yeah, 9 so, 11 so, happened, and, and, and that's when you kind of joined up the, uh, was it the SAS? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I had, from a very young, very young age, I'd always wanted to join the military, and I wanted to be a career soldier, retire as a sergeant major. Um, but I went into the Australian Army straight out of high school. I'd never lived out of home before. Uh, and I'm going to be completely honest and authentic with your audience here. I was actually not a very good soldier um, when I was in the Australian Army. I was far too immature, um, did not take on enough responsibility for myself and didn't perform very well. And, be, and because of that, I ended up in a, you know, ended up not going into a job that I wanted to go into. Um, so by the time my kind of four years was up, I had become disillusioned with the Army and I went, right, that's it. I'm, I'm 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 going to get it going to get out of the army. I I spent the last couple of years basically pushing a wheelbarrow around um, in North Queensland where they were building an air force base. I was like a British labourer. Um, so I, I got out of the army and I, I worked in Perth for I don't know eighteen months, like driving forklifts, and life really wasn't going anywhere. And my um, my dad suggested that I should go backpacking um, and. I traveled a little bit through Asia and then I worked a summer on the Costa del Sol in Spain, working in bars. And um, 20 years ago this month, there was a good friend that I was working with in that backpackers hostel. Um, uh, I don't want to kind of change the mood here, but um, he, he got stabbed to death in that backpackers hostel one night by another drunken person there. I was there when it happened. I, I tried to prevent it. I tried to save his life. Unfortunately, he passed away from... 17 stab wounds and that mm. completely changed my life there uh there are two tony robertses who've lived in this world there was the tony roberts before that night in spain and the tony roberts afterwards i i returned to the uk after that happened this was in july of 2001 and then obviously not very long later september 11 happened and I decided I wanted to re-enlist. I wanted a second shot of this dream of being a soldier. and um, But I had a pretty good day job at the time. So I just joined the 
um, the Territorial Army, which is what the British call the, like the Army Reserve. I joined the local county regiment, Princess of Wales Royal Regiment, um, excelled on both like their recruit course and then their combat intracumen course um, due to my prior experience. And then also I really feel more to do with my then life experience. I had a completely different mindset after that. Um, and I was only with them for about eight months and I went to do a combat infantry course um, in Catterick. And towards the end of that course, a recruitment team from the special forces comes in and addresses everyone on the course and tries to encourage <laughs> people to go on special forces selection. And at that time, I knew a lot about the SAS. I'd lot, read a lot of books like Bravo 2-0 and the one that got away and that kind of thing. I actually had no idea there was a reserve regiment for the, well, there's actually, there's two um, reserve regiments for the SAS. And I was sitting here on the last couple of days of this course going, I might give that a go next year. You know that I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm about the right age. I'm, I'm, I'm physically fit. I'm obviously a lot more mature than I was in the, when I was in the Australian army, I might give that a go. So I gave the guys my details to send me some mailing information and little did I know, like, like eight days later, um, I got a, a, a letter in the mail saying, Hey, come to Regent's Park Barracks in London this Saturday for a medical and fitness test. So I just went along and didn't even really kind of think about what was happening to me. The next thing you know, I was on special forces selection. Um, so nine months later, I, I finally got badged into, into the regiment, which would have been in, um, 2002, 2003. Okay. Um, so I spent, uh, I spent about five years, um, with the 21st special air services regiment. And then, um, after leaving the regiment, I then went out to do, um, several years of private security work in Iraq. So situate us now with this photograph. Uh, there's a, a young Tony in some forest, <laughs> some woodland camo, uh, in a very sexy pose, I must add. Um, yeah, that's one for the calendar. <laughs> he's styling that and is, profiling. That is the calendar part. You you can't tell under all the camouflage that I'm actually oiled up at the moment. Sweaty <laughs> <laughs> pair of camis, those. Oh, Tony, where was this, my friend? Well, interestingly, this is another photograph that's never been shared publicly. But when I was selecting some photos to send to you guys earlier today to share on the stream, I was like, I've got to send these guys a photo of me in Africa. Hey. Ah, this boy. photograph was taken in Kenya. The, the British Army have a uh, large training facility in, in Kenya just outside of a town called Nanuki. Um uh, the, 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 the training area, it's, it's called Archer's Post, but it's nicknamed by all the British soldiers as Archer's Roast because it's so damn hot there. So <laughs> we did a lot of, a lot of live fire training, um, here, basically I'm, I'm in a, an OP for about five days. And this was quite a revolutionary exercise for us. Um, this would have been around 2004 and it was the first time we were using, uh, kind of satellite radios to actually beam photographs back to um, a, a base in the United Kingdom from Africa. Um, you know, no no Wi-Fi using actually radio signals 
um, to transmit digital photographs. It was the first time it had ever been done. Um, and, oh, and, and my the fact word. What was the dial-up speed on that? Um, it's slow. <laughs> Pretty slow. slow yeah. take, it would take about 45 minutes to send one, like, two-megabyte photo. So, And your entire unit decided that they needed to send this picture. This is the one. <laughs> Oh, no, no this, is this is the picture, picture that was sent. <laughs> no, we 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 were sending um, surveillance photographs of a of a crossroads in a valley. So, uh, but it was all a mock exercise. So, you know, if we saw vehicles traveling down the road or um, you know people walking on the road, we would snap photographs and we would have to send those back to the United Kingdom. So, um, but I, I absolutely loved Africa. It was a it was a great place. I, I would like to return one day. So would I. <laughs> I assume uh, this is this is also an Africa. Twenty thirty two, woodland camo. But uh, this time you have the belt fed machine gun, Tony, crouching uh, low yeah, and taking no, aim. This, this is not in Africa. This is in Cyprus. Oh. Um, this is in Cyprus. So we went there for for quite a while. It's not Cyprus. It's Greece. It's Greece. It's not Cyprus. There's no Cyprus. Cyprus does not <laughs> exist. Sorry, you're talking to a a Greek by by heritage at least. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Interestingly enough, yeah. if ever I decided to, um, uh, well, to, to enter Greece, um, they might be able to draft me legally. Uh, you know, anyone, if you're a Greek citizen under the age of 40, male, um, you're still draftable. Uh, so I guess I got to, I got to dodge the recruiters if ever I travel back there. Or not. Yeah, so <laughs> spent spent quite a bit of time there. Um, um, there is uh, the British Army. Oh, sorry, the British Army. The Royal Air Force have an air force base there, and the British Army. Um, there's a battalion of Gurkhas um, based uh, um, on the island. So, um, first of all, we went to the air force base, and I think we spent about two weeks doing some parachuting, um, um, some static line parachuting, some kind of low altitude parachuting without static lines. I uh, spent a lot of time on the rifle range. Huh? Are you coming in? Mrs. Analog Toys is here. Oh, you're kidding. Grace. Are you coming in? No chairs. Bring a chair. Uh -huh. I can't get up and get a chair. I'm talking to the audience. Yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Let we me finish talking about later, Grace. And, and I'll go make a drink and I'll, I'll meet you and I'll bring a chair back. How's that sound? that's all right mate uh it's sunday night is a big ask for anyone um uh, well fortunately Grace, on the west Grace coast of australia it's pretty Sorry. late mm -hmm. all right pal um let's let's show uh the viewers a few more few more images this is an interesting one you seem to be doing some cross-country skiing with an assault rifle that has to be in africa <laughs> uh, Kilimanjaro no longer has snow, unfortunately. Thanks, global warming. But yeah, no. where the hell is this? This is in um, a town called Arbitiar, which is about 50 kilometers over the border of the Arctic Circle in far north Sweden. Um, probably spent two months there, I think, um, with the Fulsham Jäger Skola, which is the Swedish Special Forces. Um, who were teaching us basically Arctic warfare, how to live, how to survive, how to operate. I had never skied before. 
Um, but it, it, that really didn't matter because all the guys who had done like recreational skiing in France, like downhill skiing, mm-hmm. telemark skiing is completely different. Like the skis are even clipped to your boots in an entirely different fashion. So oh. um, it was... Uh, yeah, I imagine you're not wearing ski boots. Those are useless for any kind of maneuvers other than yeah. being on skis. Mm, sure. Now tell yeah, me, and, um, um, were you were you operating? Were you training there during winter or summer? Because I mean, north of the Arctic Circle, you're either getting like twenty three hours of sunlight a day or one hour of sunlight a day. Um, we well, we were only just over the border of the Arctic Circle, but I mean, we were okay. we were getting about I want to say five or six hours of sunlight a day, maybe. Ouch! Oh, you really miss it, I guess. The the coldest it ever got down to there, um, the last couple of days I was there, it got down to minus 42. Oh, my word. I don't even yeah. want to imagine that. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 the kind of the average while I was there was like minus 25. Um, yeah, it's it was a fantastic experience. Um, I don't think I want to do it again, but... Sure. I mean, what is the standout... I suppose, rule or doctrine or dogma about Arctic survival, Arctic combat? Um, <laughs> that... Um, don't, don't step out of the shelter. Body warmth <laughs> is... Um, look, look, just get over yourself and have no shame about sharing a sleeping bag with one of your best friends. Yeah, it's the best way to get warm is to just get two guys in one sleeping bag. So uh, that, 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 that's how you develop such close bonds with the guys you serve with, you know. Um, yeah, man, no judgment here. <laughs> Sounds like the, the yeah. most <laughs> rational thing to do in that kind of environment. Um, yeah, part of we, this you course, to... we Carry had on. to. Um, so a lot of the areas that you ski over there are actually frozen lakes. And obviously there's always an oppor- a chance that when you're skiing across one of these lakes, the ice can break and you can fall in. So the worst part of the course is one morning you come down and the Swedish special forces guys have gone out with a chainsaw and they've just cut a big hole in the ice in, in, in this lake, um, a big, like, I don't know, probably three meter by three meter uh, opening and then they tell you to put on your skis, your your belt kit, your backpack, your rifle, and ski into the water and get yourself out again. Um, oh, man. Oh, you know, the, the air temperature is minus 25, and you you ski into a, to water like that. And I, I was one of the last guys to go. And what, what you had to do, um, as soon as you hit the water, you had to unclip the, the ski brackets on the back of your boots because the skis were made of wood, they would float to the top. Then get your backpack off because it's waterproof. That then floats. Get over to the edge of the ice, grab the ski poles from the very bottom, stab them into the ice and start to drag yourself out. But the other thing that we had to do on the exercise was once we got to the edge of the ice was look up at the sergeant major and ask him permission to get out of his lake. Sadist. (laughs) A lot of guys I'd seen who had gone ahead of me had skied in and some had panicked, some had kind of done okay, some were really flustered. And I remember, yeah, I was one of the last, maybe even the last guy to go. Um, and I remember I, I skied in and I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm trying to control my breathing and I'm like, I've, I've got this, I've got this. Skis came off easy. Backpack came off easy. I get over to the edge, I get the ski poles, I stab them into the ice and I look up at the Sergeant Major and I'm like, I'm nailing this. I've, I've got this down. And then I look up at him and I go to speak and the coldness hits me and I go, Please, Sergeant Major! <laughs> <laughs> talking like a 10 year old girl. <laughs> Jeez. Well, all of a sudden, I have mad respect for the Arctic operators on the Joe team. Snow job, yeah, it's a, it's a worthy specialty, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's uh, take another look into your photo book, Tony. This, I assume, is you in Iraq. Uh, you are now a private security, what do you call it, consultant? Um, I was a contractor for the U.S. Contractor. Department of Defense. So. Right. And yeah. you're still wearing the Union Jack on your on your vest. I, I am. I've got the Union Jack. Um, obviously, camouflage one. I've swapped it out for the colored one uh, to match mm -hmm. the action figure. Um, in fact, when I was having that chat with Bobby on Tuesday, he was like, oh, damn, I thought it was colored. I'm going to change it. I said, no, don't change it because, you know, for a toy, it gives it that pop of color. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I understand blending that line between, you know, what I really wore and then making an appealing looking action figure. So keep the color. Um, but I've also got on there NKA, which is no known allergies. So, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm wounded and people come over, they know I don't have a penicillin allergy. Mm. I've also got O positive for my, my blood group. Um, but this here, this is taken. I, I don't remember southern iraq somewhere i don't remember the town um but this was a very remote um little iraqi army outpost um i really don't remember you know we, we would often stop into these places and just go and chat to people and try and get a, a uh, we were always collecting intelligence you know we had a mission mm -hmm. to do and we had jobs to do um but if we ever got the opportunity to stop here i had a couple of really good interpreters and we would try and gather whatever intelligence. So we'd go in and speak to the Iraqi army officers about kind of what's going on in the local area and, and feed that information back into headquarters. So, um, but I, I, again, I, I sent you this photo because um, when you talk about the desert rat action figure, that's the, um, um, the often discussed in certainly in the last week, anyway, the often discussed mm -hmm. highly customized M4 rifle. Um, mm -hmm. At this particular time, I'm carrying my pistol on my chest um at one period in iraq it would be carried on a drop leg holster um this was very good uh when you're in vehicles and you know you come to a checkpoint you've got to wind the window down and um it's a lot easier to draw a pistol from here when you're sitting in a car than it is from your drop leg so hmm. which uh, makes me kind of almost want to skip on to the action figure but uh we got some more images from iraq presumably <laughs> these are your boys yeah, I was actually going to ask uh, yes, you about, uh, that, uh, about your chest-mounted gun there. Uh, but, yep. like, you know, you answered it, so yay. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, these are my guys here. Um, that guy in the middle who's kind of facing the camera, uh, he, he was the best man at my wedding. Um, mm. that's, uh, that's Chris Fendel, uh, known to us as Fenders. Um, but basically, this here, if you, if you just scroll down to the corner, this has got a date on it, this photo. I'm trying to think exactly when this was. Okay, so the 13th of March, 2010. Um, we are basically, my team is looking here. We have 
come down a road in Dikar province. I think we've travelled through the city of Al Nazaria, and then there's a um, a long road that basically travels all the way up to the to the next province to the north. Um, and as we were travelling down the road, we heard some some stuff on the radio um, that an IED had gone off. Um, we got kind of closer to the area, um, and there is what you can't see. Obviously, most of us are looking over to the right hand side. Um, is a pretty much completely destroyed private security vehicle um, that was hit by an oh, IED. No. At the moment, I, I'm here. I'm the team leader. Um, I'm making a very quick assessment. You'll see in the top left there, uh, one of the guys in the front vehicle, he's gone up through the top hatch. Basically, he's going to run security forwards. Uh, and the person taking the photograph is the gunner in the rear vehicle who should really be facing backwards, but He's taking a photo of me. I probably told him to take a photo of me. I'm quite vain like that. But. <laughs> <laughs> Who um, knew yeah, that uh, 11 years later, you'd be talking about it on a toy podcast with a bunch of South exactly, African kids. Yeah, I was having a conversation about that with a friend today. Um, but yeah, basically, I'm, I'm making a very quick assessment here. I was fortunate that day that I had some good interpreters, but also we normally only had one medic in the team. And this particular day, we had two trained medics. So... Um, I remember pretty much a, a split second after this photo was taken, I turned around and I was like, right, this medic, you pair up with this interpreter, you go and help them, you guys go go and help. Um, um, you know, just came up with what we call uh, quick battle orders and um, you know, went in and, and basically did what we could to help um, while we were waiting for medical aid to arrive via helicopter. So, hmm. Yeah, man. Uh once again, classified intel that you shared with me, IEDs are, that must be the greatest scourge of your time in country. Yes. Yep. So indiscriminate and terrifying. Yep, very much so. Um, I, I always said that I was gonna write a book one day about my time in Iraq. Um, and I was gonna call it Dead Dogs and Sand Piles because mm. um, they would hide IEDs in dead dog carcasses and sand piles, mm. all sorts. And so I'd be driving down the road. Um, I'd be in the passenger seat of the, the lead vehicle as a team leader. And basically my job is to navigate and to um, communicate with the other two vehicles and warn them of threats in the road ahead, give them direction. So if, if we were going to make a left turn, I would give them, you know, 500 meters warning, 100 meters warning. Mm. Um, but we would be traveling down the road and, and I would often, I'd be on the radio and uh, dead dog carcass left side, stay right. And we would literally veer over as far as we could to the right hand side to avoid a dead dog carcass because there's a potential that has an ID inside and same with sand piles and all kinds of things. So hmm. to, to, to quote desert rat, the rules of the road, stay alive. Stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and here we have the hero shot of you and your boys. Blue sky in the background. You're on a sandbank. Um, in short, who are the characters here? Um, so just next to me at the front there is Lee Rawlings. He was an ex-Royal uh, Marine commando. Uh, behind him is Defar. Um, he was one of our drivers. He was a local Iraqi that we trained up. Next to him was Hassam, who was an excellent driver. He was formerly a, a taxi driver and truck driver in, in Iraq. Amazing, um, so like blocker. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Battle Force 2000 um, reference. That was for Bart. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the, the, the kind of dark-skinned gentleman in the middle is Faris. He was the, the fittest Iraqi I'd ever met. Um, the Iraqis weren't known for being particularly fit people. You know, we would run them through fitness tests and they would always struggle, but he was a very fit guy. The guy at the very back is another Iraqi who, strangely, was really, really good at both volleyball and soccer. Um, hmm. Was um, he in goal by any chance? I mean, he looks pretty tall. Um, no, no. No, he wasn't. He was, uh, I'd say, a midfielder. Uh, he, did, okay. he just had a, an unnatural talent for, for football. So, um, I think Gracie's going to come and join us. Oh, great. Which well, might case. be good timing because she knows some of the people in this photo. Ah. Um, yeah, so at, at the front here is um, Dan Margetz. He was one of the, the team medics, also an ex-Royal Marine. Um, and then second from the, the right is Abdul. Um, I became very, very close friends with Abdul. He was just a lovely guy, a good interpreter. Um, and then Craig Rawlins, another extra. Actually, it's, it's, it's funny. All the expats in this photo, bar me, are ex-Royal Marines. Um, hmm. so my, my, my team, people would, would rotate out over time. Um, but, yeah, it's um, – and, again, but I – you, you also had some, some Americans, uh, did you not? Or was it, strictly speaking, always going to be uh, British servicemen? Uh, well, the, the company I worked for was predominantly a British company. But um, yes. we had – a few Americans. There were more Australians than that, even though we were on an American contract. Um, but surprisingly, we had quite a few South Africans. Um, <laughs> Why is that surprising, years. Tony? Why is that surprising at all? Uh, well, okay, okay. coincidental, <laughs> because I'm on a South African GeoGo podcast. Um, but I must say, they were um, the South Africans were really, really good operators, um, very experienced, very professional, so. Cheers. Can't say I know any of them personally, but yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I ever do, I'll, I'll send your regards. Um, I used to know two, actually, that used to be oh. customers. Uh, yeah, they used to be regular customers at Anime Works, and it was around that time as well that they would be deployed for like six months or eight months, and then they'd come and then he would buy, the one dude would buy a whole bunch of toys. Like you buy toys and comics and stuff, and I'd be like, "Yeah," because he, he would take some of it with him, like the the comics and whatever, to read while he was um, on tour. And then, yeah, and I mean, guys, it's gonna sound grim, and I'm sorry if it is a bit grim, but he would like, like, go, yeah, this is me buying all of these toys, and he would always like say to me, like, "Dude, just enjoy life, man," you know. And I'd be like, "Cool, man. I hope to see you uh, next time." And he's like, "Me too." And then he would leave. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. That was the one. And then the other one, um, he was actually working in model kits and stuff here locally. He built a lot of architectural models. And I actually learned a lot about model building from him. And then um, the firm that he worked for closed down. So then he went to become a PMC again. He went back into to that side of things. And that was also around that time. So 2010, uh, 2011. Yeah. Real, got a real nice segue for you here. Yeah. What is it, Tim? Well, Grace is going to come and join me. If you just give me two seconds, I'm going to... I'm going to shut off my camera. You guys are professionals. You can keep the show going. Um, yes, I need to grab another chair and adjust the camera, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Is that okay? Sweet. Sounds yes. good for me, man. Gracie has never been on another YouTube channel apart from Analog Toys, so this is a first. Hey. She's more than welcome. Yes. 
All right. Well, I'll be back in a moment. Sweet. Hey, I've been accused of a lot of things, but professional is not one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Gents, wow. uh, let well okay let me let me let me hold back on on any further uh turning material for now we're going to use this little juncture this little impasse to talk quickly about a little something coming down the pipeline called gi joe origins snake eyes is that is that correct the movie the snake eyes <laughs> the movie, movie. <laughs> which i'm very sorry to announce perhaps perhaps there's a a, a bit of relief going through the audience, but um, I will be the only member of Joburg who is able to see it in the coming week. Yep. Sadly. I mean, is it not coming out in South Africa? No, uh, it is, but cinemas are not going to be open. That's the problem. Oh, shit, they haven't opened cinemas. Yeah, so like, yeah, it comes out on the 24th, but because the lockdown has been extended, God knows what reason, um it's uh yeah we can't go to the movie cinemas to, to i mean watch they've movie. opened restaurants and and other things but we still can't go to the cinemas yeah oh my god so i'm hoping i'm hoping that between now and then something does change i'm holding thumbs but yeah <laughs> let me not derail you steve well today <laughs> is sunday um he usually makes these kind of announcements on sundays but at this we're into the first week of the second ex we went to the first week of the first extension yeah right cool Okay, so you, yeah, okay, so you would only really come back on next Sunday. I mean, the reality of it, Rob, was, well, and I mean, this is the cold reality of it, was that aside from the lockdown, there was also the potential of there not being a mall to watch it in, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, that's the thing, as yeah. well. That <laughs> so, is true. <laughs> because, I mean, well, yeah. Look, whether you guys are able to see it or not, um, and, and this is. <laughs> Take it or leave it, ladies and gentlemen of the audience. Uh, next week's podcast will be a spoiler review of Snake Eyes. Courtesy Fantastic. of yours truly and a special Who guest. Whoever's able to join you from the rest of us and no, the special guest. <laughs> yes, I, I've got someone lined up, so don't worry. You won't be listening to me solo. Uh, but yes, oh, this time God. next week... <laughs> This time next week, you will get G.I. Joburg, or at least one member of G.I. Joburg's honest opinion on Snake Eyes. So give it a wide berth if you don't, if you don't want to hear any movie talk. <laughs> or or maybe, maybe you do want to hear it, because maybe I'll have nothing but bad things to say. Well, but, we've uh, got at least one offer from the, from, the, from the chat that could stream it for us, Paul. Maybe we should um, maybe we slip, slip into his DMs and, and see what we can do. Totally. I mean, listen, I, I, I didn't have a plan B when we were initially planning this. I now have a plan B in the form of, well, I didn't know that the Black Widow movie had come out until I had seen it on certain websites. Um, so I'm hoping perhaps I'll have the same luck with Snake Eyes. Not that I want to encourage that. I'll definitely give that movie my dollars or my rands. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Well, Paul, I'm going to cut you happens. off, man, because we have a special guest in the studio. It's Grace Roberts. Greetings. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Stephen. Uh, I'm the talking head that has blue. We didn't do our makeup, so. Welcome. And uh, fantastic to have you uh, in the show. Um, I believe you have some, some war stories you'd like to share. Huh. How did you meet this? I'm just fine with the fella. If that one, is that what the, the war you want to hear? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, maybe maybe this can um, stir up some memories, I guess. Ask me questions. This, this strapping fella. Oh, look at that good-looking rooster. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, he's been immortalized in plastic, Grace. I mean, does it does it mean anything to know that your husband has an action figure on the way of himself? No, the thing is, is is funny enough. No, he's still not singing in yet because I actually got real life of him right here. So True. it doesn't. It actually that did not singing in just yet for me. But, but now it, you'll I have a small Tony abused. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? You've now you can now receive a small version of Tony, which you can abuse and yeah, hurl insults. I'm, sure, I'm sure Tony will buy the figure of himself and just put it on a different corner of the house. Here, the dishwasher. <laughs> here is the corner of my laundry. You know, I'll hear the whole sort of places. But no, no, it have not singing just yet. But I'm very happy for Tony. Very happy. What do you What do you think of the uh, the head sculpts? Actually, I've got a better picture right here. Do you think they nailed his uh, his his good looks? I think he, I, I think they did actually. Um, because really? Even 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 I if I haven't like not been with you, I like if you just sit that figure and Tony together, I'll know mm -hmm. that represented Tony. So it Oof. it pretty spot on. Well then, uh, kudos to the creators, uh, Bobby Vella oh, and his for team. Sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like—I mean, Tony, uh, maybe you enjoy this as well, but I, I like an action figure to have a neutral expression. You know, fortunately, yeah. you know, um, De Desert Rat is not pulling his his war face. It's very much a, <laughs> a focused. Oh dear, my computer. Once again, um, yeah, it's very much a focused, like on mission uh, kind of expression, which. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have we lost? Bobby asked me for some headshots, which I, I just right. thought he was making a custom head just for me. Like I never thought I was going to be a character. So obviously, you can you can see the surprise on my face in that reveal. Mm. Um, but he asked me for some headshots, so I just I thought I was taking a passport photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have sent him a, a, a front page shot of me, like ah, war face. <laughs> Sorry, hi everyone. Sorry, I have I haven't read the rest of you comment, but hi everyone. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. So, um, Steve, Paul, Deadly Pencils, and Rob are from GI Joe Burger, a South African YouTube channel that talks about one of my favourite toy lines, GI Joe. Surely. Yeah. Sure. But yes, hi everyone. I'm sorry if I not read any comment that's coming up. Sorry, but yeah, I'm here. Hi. Carl Rudy says Gracie's code name is the boss. That's um, <laughs> quite accurate, actually. She's got a T-shirt that says that. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna have one in our in our household to be the boss. You can't be the boss of everything. I'm not. Oh. <laughs> Tony, did uh, Bobby mention how Desert Rat fits the sort of the building Action Force mythology? Is he a member of Action Force? Is he kind of allied to uh, New Colonia? What's what's his story? Can you reveal those kind of details? I'm I I know some details. I'm not actually sure how much I can reveal. Fair enough. Um, in the current storyline, he is not 
yet a member of Action Force, but he soon will be. <laughs> cool. New recruit. Nice. Uh, yeah, um, let's just say... Or a veteran um, who's been uh, recently... What can what you reveal? Get what, your comic book, about? ladies and gentlemen. Can you tell me this is a tiny bit of some like glitch or something? So in... I don't know which comic issue... Okay, I'm going to spill the bean right here because I don't no. know. I know as much as you do. <laughs> I don't know anything. Grace, you're going to get there's... us into trouble. Ah, no, I'm not. No, 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 there's, there's, there's going to be a comic panel where I, where I meet Condor and I say the line, I am your father. No, not really. At least you didn't say Luke, I'm your father. My character and Condor go back a ways. Very good. No relation. Well, you maybe grew up playing Action Man together, perhaps. Which brings me to another question. Did you have the original Pally Toy Desert Rat? When I was a kid, I did not. Okay. I actually had the father of that. I had the original Action Man Desert Rat, which came a few years earlier than that. Um, this isn't my childhood one. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I had this... Um, this figure came out in like 1979, I think it was. But Tony, it does look kind of like you. You got a massive beard when you're in Iraq and stuff. A massive beard. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I'm not agree with. Thank you very much. We we did yeah. a Patreon only live stream a, a, a few days after Iconicon. It was like the after after party. Um, and actually, I'm going to share the link with you guys later if you if you want to watch it. Me and Grace were. Extremely drunk and just jumped on to have a chat to the patron. <laughs> oh, you don't have to just say that. <laughs> but one of the comments Grace said about the action figure is that um, he didn't have enough... Um, Backside. Uh, didn't have enough junk in the back trunk. <laughs> pretty much. Oof. Everything, I'm pretty happy with, you know, your face, your figure, your arm, everything you was just... perfect. You just like a little bit of juice in that booty, hey, Greg? I like, I, I like that. <laughs> I, yeah, you're right, correct. I like a little bit of juicy in that booty. <laughs> All right, really folks. Really you're really definitely getting raw, yeah. uncut Tony Roberts tonight. Oh, no, for sure. It, it, it's always scoop. raw, uncut in my household. <laughs> Outstanding. And, I mean, you're a pal with Bob Breakin, Pally Toy, stalwart, yeah. legend. Um, and... You know what was what was your what was the reaction that you got from him when you uh, when you told him about this action figure? Well, so we we'd been we'd been talking quite a lot in the days leading up to my interview with him, which was in my time zone. I got the reveal from Bobby. The stream started at six a.m. and then I was on with Bob at eight p.m. at night. So, but I knew Bob had been away on a he'd been away on holiday. He kept, got back the night before, which is. That was the only day he was available for Iconicon. So mm -hmm. I had um, made sure I got the photographs on my desktop ready to share with him to try and get a public reaction. Um, but we were chatting about an hour before the stream and he'd already seen it on, on social media. Um, and he, he, he absolutely loved it. Huge, huge fan. Um, and uh, it was almost fate because when, I, when he turned the camera on and joined me on StreamYard for that interview... He had the original prototype of Desert Rat sitting on his uh, on his living room table, right? But you in, can't in the predict it, can you? 
No, no. But but also for Bob, he probably is over the moon just for you to be in one of this figure. Yeah. And so am I. And obviously so is your mum and your family. And, like, as a wife, I'm like, whee, look at my mum. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, I'm so proud. I, I, I'm still, we still over the moon right now. Grace, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are customizers who can add a little bit more booty to the. It's okay, you know, you know the beanbag thing that you can just add onto that. That's fine. <laughs> I can buy it from Kmart. People are already talking about making 3D printed uh, custom accessory packs with a large ass. Yeah, <laughs> everyone, everyone loves huge ass at the moment. It's in, something. It's in. Okay. You was in this it before it was in it. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tony, I mean, is it? Uh, are you at liberty, liberty to say where that um, that Palitoy uh, original prototype of the Desert Rat, where it's destined for? Leading question, Your Honor. Um. No, I, I don't think I can at the moment. I did have Fair a chat enough. with Bob after the stream and discussed if he was um, willing to sell it, which which he is. Um, mm. It's out of my price range. Um, but I have uh, <laughs> I have connected someone who I think would would like to have that in their new office, maybe in on the east coast of America somewhere. <laughs> Terrific news, man. Uh, wonderful who piece. are you, Ryan Sweeney? Ryan Sweeney? In the chat. What's his name? The, the Kardashian accessory pack. Well, you're not wrong. Have you seen his backside? <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, not fortunately we haven't. We, we haven't been north of the Arctic Circle and been forced to, to share a sleeping bag either. Oh, Tony, <laughs> I feel like... We've 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 had two of your two of two hours of your Sunday, man, and I'm I'm tempted to to, to extend it, but uh, at the same time, we've all got lives, I suppose. Um, I suppose on the way out, yeah, man, I've had a fantastic time talking to you. Thank you for joining us, Grace, as well. Bonus. No, thank you, thank you for having me. We don't have too many female voices on GI Joburg. My wife certainly gives us a wide berth most of the time, so oh. this is a, a rare and wonderful treat. Also, this is rare for me. I don't pop up on Tony's channel very often. Probably not at all. No, and this is your first time on someone else's channel. So, <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I think lately, because I know I'm going to go working on shift work, we're obviously going to be me and Tony going to be on the same shift. So uh, we'll be spending more time together and uh, we'll spend more time with him when he's doing live stream and stuff. Because Excellent. before this, I was not... Uh, my time was just not allocated for this at all. So now I've got more of this time. I'll make sure I make some effort to appear on here every now and again. Yeah, not just the Christmas specials, a little bit more frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. She's broken ice, Tony. Watch out. You're going to have a very, very eager uh, co-host. You're not going to be able to stop her, man. All no, right. you're right. Good, good. good. We need another Before another we do wrap things up, Mm. I just want to go. Just want to go around um, uh, the hosts here, and um, please, no, don't be intimidated. No judgment here. I want your honest opinions on what you think of the Desert Rat action figure. So maybe 
Rob, would you like to go first? I think it's a really cool action figure. I mean, it's 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 in a scale that I, I personally don't buy, um, but I think it really looks fantastic. And I think that Bobby's done a really good job, dude. Um, your yes, reaction I to I mean, as long as you're happy with it and there's tons of people buying this figure, I think it's absolutely amazing. And it, it definitely adds to the line that Bobby has created as well. It's 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 a unique character that that he hasn't had yet in the line. So I'm glad that you're part of it. And I think it's really cool. Thanks, man. I would, I, I would, maybe, I mean, I, maybe I won't buy any other ones, but maybe I'll, I'll save us some money and get this one. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I'll send you an autographed one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Paul, what did, what did you think of the Desert Rat action figure? Oh, man, dude, I dig it, man. It's a very, very cool toy, and I'll tell you why I like it so much. Um I love the the fact that it's got a, a realistic military aesthetic to it because it is <laughs> and it's yeah. you um, but it's cool that it's got that and it's a character and one of the big things is the custom gun i absolutely love that um and i said as much in our last episode as well i'm it's really cool to have that you know and, and that's one of the things that has sort of appealed to me with sideshow's uh, toy line is that you could have a joe like beachhead or stalker or whoever and you could like do it up how you wanted to um yeah. Uh, to give it personality to give that character personality and so i dig that your toy has already got that it's already got it set up the way you would want yourself to be set up as a as a soldier and i really appreciate that because it's so often that you get like figures um that are military spec and that's great but they're wearing everything in a very default configuration they're not wearing it to be personal it's not personalized to them so i absolutely yeah. love that so i'm glad i'm gonna have like a desert fox. oh i nearly called you desert fox I'm glad I'm going to have a desert rat <laughs> figure in my life as well because I'm just waiting for Bobby to make it available so I can like put in my pre-order because I've been struggling to find the link for the pre-order but I totally want one, man. <laughs> so oh, you 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 you'll hear it you from me. I'll, I'll I'll be shouting it from the rooftops when the pre-orders go up. Uh, just just quickly to answer Bobby O'Collins' question, he says, "Will it include a helmet?" Um, no, you can get um, a helmet from one of the accessory packs, but um, um, Bobby uh, and I perfectly agree with this choice. He opted to give this figure a backpack instead of a helmet because uh, I would always carry a, a, a small backpack um, and would very rarely wear a helmet, um, as you can see in this photo, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I actually, I think this might be the first Valiverse Action Force figure um, to come with a backpack as opposed, you know, all, all the other, you have to get the backpack as a separate accessory. Yeah. So, mm. uh, yeah, he gave this figure a backpack instead of a helmet. Um, he didn't ask me about this first because I obviously didn't know about the figure. Um, but I think it was an excellent choice. Bobby literally based this on a number of photos that he had, uh, stolen from my personal Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very sorry. Yeah, of course. Also, if there's one thing I would, I would like add, um, it would be your your glasses, your sunnies. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of people have said that. Yeah, I'm wearing a pair yeah. of Oakley. Like a, like a, like a pre-order bonus for like the first like the first bunch of guys to pre-order should get like a sunny he a head with your glasses on. I think that would be yeah. cool. Not that I'm trying to give Bobby ideas or anything, but I think that would be rad. <laughs> yeah. so. For me, how is this as a chef's kiss? Putting it in the Action Force colored box. I so think cool. that was what blew Beautiful. me away the most during the reveal. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. 
We have a man in Bobby Vela who really, really does his homework. He lives, breathes, eats, yeah. sleeps, dreams this stuff. And like, he's constantly figuring out ways to make this toy that much cooler. I mean, on the right here, we've got the original Desert Rat carded Pally toy. And then over on the left, we got this Desert badass. Rat 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, stylish. The font is correct. The logo is correct. The colors yeah. are matched beautifully. It's a lovely presentation, even if it stays in the box. But uh, yeah. since Bobby himself is an action man, I'm sure these toys will be fantastic in hand to play with. And I can't wait to play with Me you, too. Tony. I can't wait to have um, it in my hands. Grace yeah. can't wait to play with little like Tony. Mini <laughs> 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 All right, I think Guys, that is a fantastic note to end it on. Tony, I've had an absolute blast. I was about to say Joel, which is a South African word for a blast. Yeah, lekker Joel met me friend. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Tony, you know the drill, man. Plug your channel. If anyone doesn't know Analog Toys, come on. Alrighty, they should. Yeah. <laughs> come now, dudes. Take it away, lady. Sorry, if you don't know Analog Toys, you should. Where, so you what, been, what where do, you been hiding? What do I make videos about? Or a vintage toy, maybe? Yeah, you don't know. You don't want to. <laughs> Honey, I'll leave with you. I don't have to. No, look, um, before I sign off, I just want to um, send a sincere thank you to Rob. Um, the Sly versus Arnie panel on Iconicon um, has... It's become a, one of the most popular live streams that I've ever done. Um, you know, looking at the at the at the views, it's over eight thousand views now, um, and uh, I actually think it was. It's I think it was one of the most popular live streams of all Iconicon. Wow. And yeah, well, and that's all down to the fact that I had Rob from GI Joe Bird. So thank you. <laughs> I, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think if I was on more pod, you know, on more of these things, um, Iconicon would have really sought. But thankfully, or fortunately for you, I was on your channel. And um, yeah, tons more people now know about analog toys because I was on your channel. So you're <laughs> <laughs> actually, got both way though, you know, no, people know exactly. more people from you collaborating. Yeah. And you just be on each other's channel. But yeah, I love all this amazing community. I love how you guys like not just you no longer talk about toy, it's more it go far deeper than that. And I love that for Tony. And um because he leave me alone most of the time, <laughs> thank you. Iconic on next year. Paul, I've got to get you on. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Well what do, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> we'll think oh, we'll anything. Well, right now I'm, I'm I'm down to chat about Karate Kid, but like, listen, I'm open, man. Like, you, uh, I I have a vast pop culture knowledge. I I like stuff too much. So, well, we I, can I go think a deep. good suggestion would actually be because I mean, I noticed Tony in your top ten Jaja and your top ten Cobra videos. The reason yeah. why the figures are number one, I mean, literally, you say it is this guy is the Snake Plissken of G.I. Joe, and this guy is the Snake Plissken of Cobra. So oh, I think definitely we saying? could do a huge Snake Plissken um, thing next yeah. year for Iconicon or Kurt Russell in general from the 80s and 90s. I think Paul will definitely rock that. Totally, dude. I'm like, a I'm... huge Snake Plissken fan. 
Oh, absolutely. Same as well. Um, I own two sideshows and one of them is Snake Pliskin. Wow. Hey, that's awesome. that's love. <laughs> that's love. In the chats, we've got uh, people saying, or oh, Gaz actually has mentioned American Ninja. Now, I don't know where the first American Ninja was shot, but all the sequels were shot in South Africa. And yep. a lot of the secondary cast are people I actually personally know. Michelle wow. Burton. Michelle yeah. Burton's for one. I shared a dressing room with the sort of the evil scientist dude in the, I think it was American Ninja 3. Uh, it, it's quite possible I could get some of them to guest on that panel. Oh, no, man. Hey. Do that. This I is a definite thing that. happening. Yeah, Tell their stories about Michael Dudikoff back, back <laughs> in the day. Oh man, that would be so great because I know Michelle Burtis as a customer as well from Anime Works. She loves oh, uh, no. she loves martial arts movies as well. So she does. Oh, crazy. She does. She legit comes and buy. Uh, used to come and buy a lot of the Kira, uh, Kurosawa stuff and um, a lot of like kung fu stuff when we had it. So well, that's interesting. Like if you actually landed a gig on American Ninja Three, and it was actually a dream job. Like for most actors, it's like oh, don't want to mention that. Like, they shuffle that one to the back of my my credits but uh if she was actually a, a fan of, of kung fu movies i suppose yeah no be remembered with some fondness anyways paul where can people reach us people can reach us all over the internet by searching gi joeberg but more specifically you can check us on facebook you can check us on youtube you can find us on instagram um you can also you can join email us at a real south african hero at gmail.com or exactly. shoot us a voice note hey and your yeah, and and uh, if we see comments that we like or we get emails from you, be sure that we will read them out on the show um, and credit you, of course. Um, so yeah, please by all means send in some comments and voice notes and and all that good stuff. You can also check out and join our Berg Force uh, by joining our Patreon. It's displayed on the screen, but the link is in the description below. And uh, while I'm showing you the Patreon banner, just like to say a hearty welcome to Scuba Pete, who is. Uh, recently joined the boat force so yeah scuba Woo pete nice. and, um, and then we love also, scuba pete, we love scuba pete. <laughs> and then uh if you want to get some of our very cool uh gi joe ish uh merchandise <laughs> uh featuring that ip yeah, mm -hmm. featuring characters from your favorite uh ips like gi joe berg and uh from you know and collecting your characters from the Berg Force and Snake Force, respectively. You can find them here. The link is also in the description below. Um, and uh, yeah, like we do cool stuff. Well, we try. And uh, it's all there. So um, yeah, without further ado, I can't think of anything else to send people to. <laughs> oh, and um, no, that's it. That's it. Uh, Bye, I'm trying Felicia. to get this thing off the screen now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, yes, but yes, please buy a t-shirt because they're awesome. And uh, mm. because I have heard everybody's comments, I have been working on new designs. Uh, one of the designs, Ryan's, uh, one of Where's the Where's my shirt? Where is it? Why is not oh, one yet, Paul? Come on. Yeah. You like, need to make one that says the boss. The boss. <laughs> yeah. I do want yeah. to wear that. Yeah. The uh, boss of G.I. Joburg. I'll wear that. You're, 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 you're in for a bit of a time trying to herd these three guys together. <laughs> really kids Good luck uh, with the, the rare spotted Rob Unicornosaurus. <laughs> uh, just to give you guys some good previews as well. Um, I'm just going to share a small image. So, Aww. Cold Fire, 
the 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 wolf mix the extended wolf mix and the uh, wolf uh, short edit is now available for our patreons um hmm. for our book force to listen to and enjoy i've also put in a small sample of a new track called grape soda and uh for our supporters who have been requesting it um i have been working on some shirts uh one of the characters his name rhymes with free condo and the other character rhymes with rally sniper. You don't have to pay for. <laughs> Is it free shit? Did I hear? No, no, it's not free condo. It's just freak on. Free condo. Is it free condo? Oh, she doesn't even know who a condo is. So she just thought she just thought she was getting some free stuff. Ah. <laughs> but uh, just so you guys know, when it does get released, it will probably be released under Bergforst Bushmaster. <laughs> Nice. Perfect. <laughs> and without further ado, uh, full force. I mean, Jojo Berg. It's time for action. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm, I'm not here to plug analog toys. I'm here to plug Valiverse. So head over to Valiverse.com. Uh, pre-orders are closed at the moment. You can get some pre-orders of some of the first wave stuff on Big Bad Toy Store, but I'll be sure to let everybody know on all my social media platforms as soon as Desert Rat uh, becomes available for pre-order. Of course I'm going to let If anyone want Mini Tony, please go and order. Yeah. Who, I, does, who doesn't? I probably want 50 of them in my household, just to put in a different quarter. You're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Of Tony. You can. Yeah. One Tony's not enough for Grace. She wants <laughs> 51. <laughs> well, if, if one's not enough already, I actually want another 50. The one that it actually doesn't talk back, so I just want them oh. everywhere. <laughs> An army of mutonies. That is what Grace wants. Oh dear. Oh, we're gonna get what? out of here before we get embroiled in a <laughs> domestic situation. You didn't. You didn't know Valiverse is uh, making a talking action figure. <gasps> oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Later, everybody. Gonna... We love you. Goodbye. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. Ha, ha, ha.